This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them easy. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast. You don't know what we are. We are an NFL, well, now I can say pro football podcast. Not yet, because, because we haven't week, covered it yet. See, and that's the thing. I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. maybe preview it this week, but we had too much stuff to get to. We will definitely be talking about some... Uh, the Alliance. AAF, the, the Alliance, Alliance of American of America football. football League, which premieres it's, it's not Saturday league. and no Sunday. League. No Alliance league? of American Football. That's it. No league. It's not a league. It's not a league. So it's an league? alliance. It's an alliance of eight football teams. This is you, you got to sell me on what they're with no. Their philosophy that, that's is. specifically the reason because they are not a league. Uh-huh. They're just an alliance of eight football teams that play each other. Very much of like the idea of the original NFL. They're still back be a- when it was just teams could play two games, teams could play twenty games. Huh. You can do whatever you want. So is that why? And this answers my question: mm-hmm. Why the very last week of the season before their championship is like half the teams? Where it's like I looked at the schedule, and it's like all the teams, all the teams, all the teams, and the very last week before their championship, it's like here's only half the teams playing, and I was like. Why do why do the other it ones could get be. a bye? I, I um, doubt that they're gonna have like odd number games. Like everyone's mm-hmm. probably gonna play ten games because that's the way the schedule is. True. And they did release their schedule as in case mm-hmm. anyone's curious to look at it. But yeah, it's specifically not a league. It's an okay. alliance. The alliance of American football. We're gonna be talking about that next week. Um after they played mm-hmm. their first games on Saturday night and Sunday night, I will yeah. actually pull up the schedule as it's we will be very see. Exciting on Saturday, it will be the San Diego and San Antonio, and then Atlanta Battle and Orlando, and then your team on Sunday, the That's Memphis right. Express, going very up against exciting. the Birmingham Iron, and then Salt Lake. I think they're the Stallions. Yep, going Stallions. up against the Arizona Loggers or something like that, or the Hot Shot Hot Shots. Hot Shots, yeah, the Hot Shots. Um, yeah, because they have four games every single week, and then the last... Nope, they changed it. Okay, so it is four. So they'll have ten weeks, then April 20th and 21st, there'll be two playoff games, and then a championship on April 27th. Can't Good wait stuff. to be talking about that. So I can say we're a pro football podcast. Also, today is a very special day for us, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh you know why it's a very special day? Because we're old. Because we are very like this podcast. Technically, depending on when you want to think about it, mm-hmm. we are a very old podcast. And I bring yeah. that up because today, this week, the podcast after the Super Bowl is always our podcast anniversary or the podcast's birthday. And you can either take two dates if you want. You could take 2013, which is the first reincarnation or the first appearance. That you had made yep. on the onside kick it's because I had, I had been here for a while. You made your debut actually on January 29th of 2013. You could use the year 2015 if you want to say, you know what, this was the first like solidified, okay, it was Ricky and Mark at this point, and it's been that way ever since. Or you could say you could. 2012 
when it started off as Dave, myself, and Brandon Swanson in Dave's basement back when it was the Super Bowl when the Giants played the Patriots. So Mm -hmm. no matter what you want to think, we can be six years old, we can be five years old, or we can be three years old, depending on how you want to look at it. And just want to do, uh, do you have a favorite moment for the onside kick? Or is it just like, a well, another year, let's no, keep I going. No, I don't think I have a favorite moment just because I, I honestly can't remember half the things that we've done. There's a lot of rant. I mean, one of my favorite mm-hmm. moments, I guess, would be back in the old closet that we recorded in. Uh, when you spit on Dave? No, I, that's not mine, but that okay. is a fun one. Uh, there's a lot of fun quotes and things like that, but one of my favorite ones was you and Dave couldn't be there, so mm-hmm. I had to talk about fucking hockey for, for the whole, like... Yeah. 30-minute podcast or whatever. And I'm like, I don't really know enough about hockey to mm-hmm. really kind of do this. So, all right, let's see how it goes, I, that, that type of a thing. I remember that vividly because I told Sean about it uh, last mm-hmm. night coming back from Dave's in the Super Bowl. It was when Dave and I went to Cedar Point, yeah. and it was Corey Crawford. I know it was something with Corey Crawford mm-hmm. happened that weekend. And I'm like, oh, bold move, Mark, talking about uh, – the Blackhawks and the uh, whole fucking time, pretty much. Because back then, not like any of the new fans may not know this, because now we've kind of solidified our game plan and mm-hmm. move forward. We were not always a football podcast. We were in everything podcast, yep. like just talk about whatever we want. Then we were on fan sided radio for a while, and whatever, obviously with sports. Yeah, and we were um, a Chicago podcast only. Yep. Yet again, you would think, man, the onside kick, what a great name for a Chicago podcast. And then when you and I kind of took over the ship and were just us, we're like, hey, let's just be a football podcast. Let's just talk about football. And now it is what it is. And we're starting another great year in 2019 with the onside kick. So a happy podcast anniversary to you, Mark, and a happy podcast anniversary to all of our fans. But now the real thing I wanted to start the show off with. The Super Bowl, what did you think? What did you think of this 13-3 to mm-hmm. slugfest? The, uh, the second and the lowest Rams? scoring uh, <laughs> Super Bowl in all time. Uh, followed up by also the um, – in the past 10 years, this had the – at least mm-hmm. in the early numbers, the lowest ratings for any Super Bowl mm-hmm. in the last decade. Um, now, there's more to it than just – that we well, had but, all those Saint fans protesting the Super Bowl. That kind of hurt. The I rating. mean, you you get that. You get the fact that it's the Patriots again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the fact that the Rams did just move, so they've lost fans too. Mm-hmm. So there's people in St. Louis who don't care. Well, like Edelman said after the game, it felt like a home game. Yeah, for the Patriots. Um, and you know, it's also a lot of people just streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways. You know, it's a perfect trifecta mm-hmm. here for the Super Bowl. Um, the commercials were not very good. Uh, the halftime performance was very boring. And uh, the game was not very good. So it was just the trifecta so of like, bad. I did not have a good time watching You know, I, my my wife was not there for the, for the beginning of this. And she texts me and she goes, how's the game? And I'm like, well, it's okay in the first half. I'm like, well, it's okay. It's not much is really going on. It's mm-hmm. kind of defensive battle. We'll we'll see what happens. Two teams trying the, to figure each game. other out a little but bit. But the thing I always say, people will always throw the defensive game out there. Mm-hmm. And half the time, people do not understand the difference between a good defensive game and a game that features a bad offense. Mm-hmm. The Patriots versus the Ra- Patriots offense versus the Rams defense, that was a good defensive struggle. The Rams' first half was bad offense. 
basically all that happened, and I got to put this out there because I said it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Belichick watched the tape from the Chicago Bears Rams game and said, "Yeah, we're gonna do that." Called Vic Fangio up. Hey, Vic, got any uh, got any tips? Got any tips on what worked against Jared Goff? Uh, all you have to do is kind of get the pressure in his face, and mm-hmm. he gets kind of scared. He's young. He's inexperienced. So, I mean, it's not surprising necessarily. Tony Romo said that a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just got in his face, got him scared. The pressure got to him, and he kind of shrunk under it. Now, here's a question that Dave, Sean, and I had mm-hmm. yesterday that we were kind of debating. Because for me, because going off of the boring game kind yeah. of theme, um, I will say this. I was bored during this game. But that doesn't mean I can't appreciate what Wade Phillips oh, and great. Uh, Bill Belichick yeah. did. Um, like Wade Phillips, he did exactly what you needed to. We're going to take away Chris Hogan. He ain't going to do anything deep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, James White, we're going to take that away. Yep. And we're going to force you to beat us like the Patriots did. Yeah, with, Belichick uh, versus Wade Phillips was a great coaching mm-hmm. battle. But there are. But Sean McVay versus uh, Belichick was, was terrible. And really, it was yeah. Wade Phillips versus. Josh McDaniels, because yeah. Bill Belichick is on the defensive side. Yeah, but Josh Bill, does the Bill Belichick still has his hands know, and everything. Man. Josh runs that offense for the Patriots. Well, him, I don't and, com- him and Tom Brady run that offense for the Patriots. Yeah, really, Tom Brady's Tom got a lot of that's running it. But the question that I want to ask you yeah. that we debated was: there's no doubt for me, mm-hmm. most boring Super Bowl of all time in yeah, my life. No. Since like the 1930s. No, probably, no, yeah. no, 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 no. For me, the most boring Super Bowl was 2014, the one in uh, New York when the Seahawks won 43 to 8 See, over Peyton Manning. Bullshit. You said you enjoyed that one. I, I am calling bullshit on this podcast. You guys can all go I back. I enjoyed it because you the said you liked it. I enjoyed it because of the I outcome. complained on this very uh-huh. well, episode. I'm, I'm changing my opinion after watching this game. I said that that game was was bad because it was so boring. It was well, so I'm one-sided that I couldn't you. hate it. I am agreeing Thank you with for you coming now to my side. Because I seen a game mm-hmm. where like Back then, I thought, oh, man, that was just a great defensive game with the Seahawks. No. no the Broncos sucked that game. But here's where I disagree with that. Uh-huh. Because at least that, the Seahawks dominant being dominant defense. was at least kind of fun to watch. Yeah. In a mean-spirited, sucks-to-be-you right. Peyton Manning kind of way. But I'm looking at it like I left that game going, yeah, it was funny watching the football go over yeah. uh, Manning's head. But I was like, like the one we debated mm-hmm. was... Sean said, and this is what he believed. I don't know which side Dave was on. I'll ask you. Mm-hmm. More boring Super Bowl this year or 2016 Broncos-Panthers? No, this year. Because Sean was on the side that Broncos-Panthers was no. more boring than this one. No, because here's the thing. And it's not just a pure offensive thing, but mm-hmm. at least the when there's an offensive game, you get some fireworks mm-hmm. every now and then. You can have a defensive game that has fireworks, but we had two picks and one strip sack that the offense recovered. That's not really much fireworks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they were sitting there and Aaron Donald was just smacking Tom Brady all the time, and Tom Brady's got to run for it, and Jared Goff is just slinging it, and they're doing all these things. No, it was just very. I mean. Until the second quarter, our second half, mm-hmm. the Broncos are Broncos. The Rams hadn't run more than five plays. That's not like there's no point where that game really got exciting until the last like ten minutes. Here's the reason why I would say 
because I was saying this one. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing I find funny. You know what both of those games have in common? Young versus old? Wade Phillips. Oh, Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips shut down. I'm going to say shut down Cam Newton. Yeah. In oh, that game. 100%. Made him just vanish yeah. with that Bronco defense. The difference, he had Peyton Manning on the other side. Mm-hmm. Where this time around, Wade Phillips... I'm not going to say shut Tom well, eh, Kind of shut Tom Brady yeah, down. Yeah, Tom Brady really didn't have that Tom good Brady of a game. Tom Brady didn't have a Tom Brady-like game. Nope. Like, yes, he used his safety blanket, Julian Edelman. Yes, he has an amazing goat-like pass to Gronk where it was like, yep, that's vintage that was Tom the, Brady. That was the one Tom Brady moment. No, I know. But, yeah. like, it was still a Tom Brady moment yeah. where I was even joking with Sean during the game. I'm like, oh, man, this was in the first half when it was 3 nothing. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man. If this game ends in like a 3-3 tie going into overtime and they win 6-3, to Max Kellerman tomorrow on first take going to have all the ammo in the world that this was the yeah, cliff. Right. <laughs> I, like, I really was hoping for a 10 to nothing <laughs> win for the Patriots on this one. I was just like, you know, we're in the third quarter. I'm like, just 10 nothing. Let's you know make what it happen. I really – and I said this to Dave and Sean, what I was really hoping for in the first half. Hmm. I wanted it to be 3-3 going into overtime. Oh, nice. Tom Brady wins the coin flip, scores a touchdown on the first drive. So we would have two games yeah. in a row where it would be this great offense did not get a shot in overtime. Yeah. So we can have that Although, debate. when <laughs> you've only scored three points, I think you lose great offense. <laughs> like, you're done with being called a great offense. And that's the thing, kind of my closing point on this. Mm-hmm. That is, to me, I know Jared Goff, after the game, took... Um, blame, like, hey, that's on me. I feel really bad about this. You know who's more to blame for this loss? McVay. Sean McVay. Like, at least, like... You couldn't come up with a better game plan? The thing I heard on the herd today is that Josh McDaniels, um, it was the one drive where the Patriots went, like, 12 plays, and I think it yeah. was the touchdown drive. He went to the offense before that drive and was like, guys, we're scrapping everything. We're going to do stuff that we haven't done. Like, we haven't even practiced this. So mm-hmm. we're going to huddle on every play because we haven't practiced it. But we're going to scrap the game plan and yeah. go to this because Sometimes we need to change it. something. Yep. It's not going to work. Where Sean McVay is like, hey, there's that wall. Let me ram my head into but it. But you know what it is? And and this is the one thing I'll say that's actually this is probably good for Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. He can learn from this is he's young. And I know that we talk about it all the time. And, you know, but that inexperience is a real thing. Mm-hmm. McDaniel's has had a lot of experience. Belichick has, mean, Belichick has had a lot of experience. He didn't have it when he was in the Bron- at the Broncos, and, and it look didn't what work happened. out well. McVeigh kind of almost needed a loss like this to mm-hmm. be like, huh? I can learn. I can adapt. I can become better. Mm-hmm. The question is: Is he going to learn? Is he going to adapt? Is he going to become better? Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Same thing with golf. Mm-hmm. You know, is he going to learn from this? Is he going to thrive under this, it, or is it? Go- going to be something where he lets it crush him and now all of a sudden he's going to always have that in his head yeah we'll find out um but yeah McVay showed that you know maybe finding the young guy who uh you know doesn't have a ton of experience maybe there's value to not doing that sometimes the one thing I will say that's good for the Rams is that who's going to compete with them in that division except for maybe Jimmy Garoppolo coming off of injury in that 49er team. But really, mm-hmm. the Rams should be favorited again to win the they NFC should be West favorited, but and be in the playoffs Every year's a different year. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks weren't that far away from competing with them. 
a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe that's something. Mm-hmm. You got to compete with the Saints, Special which are the exact we saw same. With George Kittle this year. Yeah, and this is talking about just the playoffs in general. Yeah. You got to pe- uh, compete with the Saints, who mm-hmm. are going to be back and they're going to be mad. You got to compete with the Bears. You got to compete with the Packers. You got to compete with the Vikings. A lot of teams out there. A lot mm-hmm. of teams that you're going to be going up against. We assume the Eagles will be better next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you maybe know, they'll have Carson once for any, a playoff game. Any year. It's going to be different. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the hard thing for for it. But, I mean, fortunately, they are still in that Super Bowl window that they have. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can get it done. But who knows? Well, and I know this is a little bit different to how we start the podcast. Uh, but also, Maroon 5, oh, no. About that. Never again. About Never that. again. It just needs to be said. Two things about that. First yeah. off, I didn't actually watch the halftime show. You were better off. Um, because Dave and I were like, F that. We're going to watch Halftime Heat on uh, the WWE Network, which was a mm-hmm. thrilling match, and I'm totally happy um, that we did that, although Sean was complaining the whole time. That, I would have uh, complained, too. Like, Sean was like, oh, it's not going to go over, right? It's not going to go over. I'm like, Sean, we'll be fine. It's not going to go over. And it didn't go over, and we were back yeah. to watch the game. We missed some of the crappy commercials, apparently. I would have just complained um, of the fact of, like, I'm here for the Super Bowl experience. I want the whole experience. Yeah, but then I watched it. I went to just skim through it today because I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, it's not very Because I wanted to see the Sweet Sweet Victory because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, they did that song. Nope. And I was vastly disappointed that it was just a SpongeBob clip when Travis Scott it was just, came in from a It was just their way to not really have a transition. Mm-hmm. Here's the I always complain about Super Bowl performances. Well, you're, a mus- you're like I, I am, a musician. Yeah. And they force bands or artists to do medleys and mm-hmm. most bands and artists are not their songs are not designed to be done in medley form. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all in different keys. They're all different styles, different tempos, which is fine. But usually or you how, will like, make them they, flow. how they drop the mic during Travis Scott's performance because I'm assuming he swore. Oh, yeah, during for his sure. Performance. Yeah, they, that was their way to like censor they just him. Drop the audio for about like 30 percent of mm-hmm. his performance. Um, but like you know, bands are and artists are not really able to do what the Super Bowl wants them to do, which mm-hmm. is just play your best hits and then throw some random things in there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Travis Scott, that's his name, right? Yeah. And Big Boy. Uh, they were just the Big Boy one thrown in there. If I watched it live, I would have liked because... Big Boy was cool. I like the I like Outcast. It just yeah. killed me on Twitter seeing all the who is Big Boy and it's like, kids, mm-hmm. sit down. Like, kids, uh, go, but, go to the kids' table, go play with your Xbox. All right, it's cal- okay. Calm down, old man. Uh, but like, <gasps> it's just... Old the game. And, and then you also had like, they just threw in a gospel choir and just... it. None of it worked together. I liked last year's better. I liked every year's better than this. <laughs> like, and, and here's like, the thing: the thing I liked about the Justin Timberlake one is how he started. Like Timberlake was cool. He started. But this like, was a, in the like even that one was kind of walked out. It was hokey. Nah. It was no, no, hokey, not, but not like, hokey. It, it was just kind of like all right. It was mm-hmm. good, but it wasn't great. Yeah. The last good one we've had is Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. and the last good one before that was Prince. Um, but the, someone's gonna throw Michael Jackson out there. Michael but, uh, Jackson's great. That was when we were very young. Very yeah, but young. that's Prince and, and Bruno were after mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, it's just like they they just don't do very great. And um, uh, what are their name? Maroon Five. It was mm-hmm. just a very boring, bland pick. And they go out there. 
I love Q101. If you're if you're from Chicago, you know who Q101 are on the mm-hmm. radio. Uh, they described it this morning as if Target and they I think they probably got this from somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if Target had put together a band, it would look like Maroon Five. Uh, and like it's just a bunch of dudes that like kind of have their guitars and they're kind of playing music. Mm-hmm. Although it's the Super Bowl, so none of them are actually playing their instruments. Yeah. Um, because all that's pre-recorded. The only thing that's not is the vocals. That's why. Uh, Adam Levine was flat for about half of it. Or um, how, like, because I remember that. I was watching the one with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They didn't even plug it in. And I was like, why is Flea's bass not plugged in? They didn't even bother to plug it I'm in because like, what was the point? Plugged in? What was the point? Um, but, like, and I love it because at one point, Adam Levine grabs his guitar and the next song he performs, he doesn't fucking play it. He just put it on. And then he played it mm-hmm. afterwards. He's not playing it, but I hear a guitar. No, it's not even that. There, well, there's a, there's two other guitarists there, mm-hmm. but he just didn't have a part in that song. And I find that funny. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. I didn't think that uh, Seahawks Bronco game was boring because that was the Bruno Mars. Yeah, that was a great Chili one. Peppers halftime show. Uh, you know what one was better Bruno than rules. that, though? Nothing besides no, Prince. No, 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 no. Bruno's was no. awesome. I am going to go back, and this is my nostalgia coming in. It was the Super Bowl 2001 mm-hmm. between the Ravens and the Giants. Do you remember who played that halftime show? No, it was a long time ago. That halftime show was Aerosmith, oh. Sync, no. Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige. That was, to me, like as a kid, I mean, there's, there's cool the cool features in that, but I don't like Aerosmith, so. I mean, it, that, I was just there that for, I was there for NSYNC for and Britney Spears. Yeah. Mary J. Blige was cool at the time, and I was mm-hmm. like, cool, she performed yeah. well. The other one that was pretty good was the one with the um, Ravens and the 49ers, um, as that was the Beyonce one. I think Beyonce, Beyonce put, is a, a good put on a good show. I mean, that's the thing, though. It's just that was the big thing with Maroon 5 is that they're boring anyways. Vanilla. Nobody. Yeah. Vanilla. Very vanilla, which people don't. Apparently, people don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a Midwest thing. I don't know. Vanilla means boring. Like you want some vanilla cake. That's a boring cake. Get did yourself some strawberry. Did you like Lady Gaga's when I, it was in Houston? I did like Lady Gaga's, but it wasn't. Once again, it wasn't amazing, mm-hmm. but I like that she changed up her music a little bit. Yeah, she did some of the classics a little bit differently. I also like when she came out, like meh, came down that was, from. That's it's, okay. It's a theater thing, uh, but like use the stadium. It's just yeah, you should you should use the stadium, <laughs> and that's the thing. Maroon Five never did. Mm-hmm. They just stood there and played their instruments, on and an eventually M, Levine on an took M-like his like stage. Yeah, eventually Levine took his shirt off, and he had uh, a, and he had a pillow, and he's got on his shirt, terrible right? tattoos. The funniest was the his one tank top. Where mm-hmm. everyone's like, it looks like my pillow. Yeah. Oh, it looks like my curtains. Exactly. And there's plenty of those out there. Then he took his shirt off mm-hmm. and uh, he caught the NFL, which tried not to have any controversy. They got one because everyone's like, uh, why are we seeing these nipples? The last time we saw nipples, you all got angry. But it's guy nipples. Guy and, nipples and that's okay. okay. Hashtag free the nipple mark. That's what Janet Jackson or was trying to tell us. Just hashtag had, free or the just nipple. hashtag put your damn shirt back on, Adam. We don't give a fuck about your shitty tattoos. Here's the thing. My mom sent me a picture this morning, Mm -hmm. and I didn't get it because I hadn't watched the halftime show at this point. Yeah. It was a picture on the left of Levine with his shirt off, Mm -hmm. and then on the right, it was like a guy that looks a little bit chunkier than me without his shirt. It said Illinois. Or (laughs) Illinois, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is funny, but I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, who is that on the left? And then I'm like, oh, it's... Adam Levine, I didn't recognize. He just looked yeah. like some random Hollywood guy. This, 
this was just basically boiled down to everything about this was boring. Somebody's gonna Can get we mad. get Someone's somebody? Gonna get mad. We're shitting on. I don't the Super give a Bowl. shit about any of this right now. Like it's my damn birthday. I can be mad if I want. It's our podcast birthday. <laughs> I can cry if I want to. But like here, here's the big thing uh, mm-hmm. for for all of this right here is. For anyone who ever says the NFL is rigged and yep. that the NFL just wants the Patriots oh, to win. Oh, by the way, if I had to see mm-hmm. one more tw- – and I'm a – I'm not a Patriot supporter, yeah. but if I just see one more pay the ref tweets, come on. Yeah, but here's come the thing. On. For everybody that says if that. anything, the Rams paid the refs last week or two weeks everybody ago. Everybody is so bored by the Patriots. Do you really think that the NFL wants to have lower ratings, well, want to have people complaining of, oh, another no, one? No, no, I'm and, not going to watch. And that's the debate that I had with um, Dave and Sean also during the game is – I think secretly, mm-hmm. no matter what they say, leagues like dynasties. Like oh, Adam, I, I disagree. Like Adam Silver and the NBA can say he hates it, but at the same time, the Warriors right now are driving in revenue, and there will be people that mm-hmm. watch and complain, but they watch to no, see if but they'll here's lose. The, here's the pro- they don't. The ratings show that they don't. Mm-hmm. When you have teams that go year and year and year, the ratings go down. See, People get sick of it. Here's the thing, and I'm going to throw that. We're going to keep it on the NFL. Yeah. You said to me coming in, you mm-hmm. thought the halftime show was vanilla. Yep. You thought the commercial stunk. Yep. You thought the game they didn't, this is, was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. So, yes. to me, is the ratings because the Patriots are in this game or because for the past few years people have mm-hmm. gone – the halftime show hasn't been that great. The commercials haven't been good. The product's I'm not going to waste my time. The product being going downhill, I'm sure, is part of it. Um, but you got to admit that people are just – if it was the Saints-Chiefs, mm-hmm. this would have been huge. It, and really, it's just the Chiefs. If the Chiefs were in this, mm-hmm. the ratings would be much better. i even if it was Rams-Chiefs. Well, yeah, if just the Chiefs yeah. were in it, it would be much better. People are just sick of seeing the same teams. They love a Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. They love a LeBron James. They love a Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have that star player. It's not fun when that star player wins every year. And for Patriots fans, I get it. It's fun for you guys. You love it. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. The rest of us are like, can we have a turn? Well, on on that argument, then, Uh you can say that LeBron James has actually done good for the NBA because he's... What, Not one that three many. Three of six. Three, or three and six. Three and six, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, where it's like Tom Brady's six and three. Well, he's also played for um, what? Three different teams now? Yes. Yeah, three different teams. Now he's on the Lakers? Um, and one of those teams he had two different stints in. Yeah. Um, but like, and then you got MJ six and oh. Yeah. So like that was the big tweet I saw. Six and oh for MJ, six and three for Tom. And then three and six for LeBron. Yeah. It's just, I just thought of that because, like, the NFL is sitting here looking at ratings going down, looking at people Mm -hmm. being sick of it. And you really think that they paid refs to make sure Tom Brady got in there? If anything, they would Mm -hmm. be paying the refs going, do not fucking let Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the playoffs. Question. Or Super Bowl. This is a random one I found out, and I know this is going a little long, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should go back to how it used to be and have the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl. Basically, I don't care. We're, no, 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 not not on the Pro Bowl side of it for the Super Bowl. Where no, I get what you mean. Let's not but have a week off before the Super Bowl. Let's have conference championship, keep that momentum going, Super Bowl the next week. It doesn't matter to me either way. Because I, I look at a boring game like this, and mm-hmm. I look at the most exciting Super Bowl I've ever seen, which was last year. Mm-hmm. And... I've seen both extremes, so I don't think it makes a difference. True. I mean, I look at it and I go, 
The only thing is that, like, you give a guy like Bill Belichick mm-hmm. an extra week to prep yeah. for you, like, this is what happens. And, and there is, and I don't want a Patriots fan to answer me on this one because mm-hmm. I know your answer is just, yeah, they're good. But I, I sit there <laughs> and, I'm like, good. and I'm like, are the Patriots, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, are they really that much better than everybody? No, they just outsmart people. Right, and that, that's the thing. It's like, are they really just that take, much better no, 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 than everybody? Take last year, for example. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick got outsmarted. Like, and I know people are going to say— Not really. They just got—I mean, the—and and don't get me wrong when I say this. It's play. the trick play. Like—and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson had the balls to say, hey, yeah. this ain't working. McVay didn't Let's try, try this, the Philly special. And it worked, and then that's all people can talk mm-hmm. about is the Philly special. But here's the thing. There's Even with the Philly the Malcolm, special— There's also the mm-hmm. Malcolm Butler thing yeah. where people are saying that Bill Belichick lost himself that Super Bowl. But even him. with uh, which I disagree with, but even with— that Philly special and all mm-hmm. the trick plays and stuff like that. Still, Tom Brady had the ball in his hands. He was driving down the field. The they were going to strip. win the ball. So even though you say trick plays and stuff like that, and I mm-hmm. disagree that they got outsmarted, a really good defensive player yep. took the ball away from Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to say is, you know, as the camera turns off, you know for a fact mm-hmm. – Drew Brees would have scored more than three points. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just putting it out there. He would have scored more than three points. Uh, all We're right. Done. All right, Michael Thomas. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think about the Super Bowl, about anything we talked about. Of course, everyone has opinions on it. Um, I was just a guy where it's hard for me because, yes, I would have liked to see more points. It would have been more interesting for me. But in this one, I can at least appreciate like what what genius coaching what Wade Phillips was able to do it like blew my mind that he was able to like Tom Brady didn't have a Tom Brady game and when you look at the stat sheets Tom Brady didn't really have a good game um, therefore his just, legacy is completely ruined yes it's complete the he's Cliff out of is the hall here of fame. And Tom Brady is going to be bad he's next no year. longer a first ballot hall of fame he's a second ballot hall of fame not even going in the, in the hall <laughs> Not anymore. Julian took a spot. Not after this. Julian's going to take his spot in the Hall of Fame. But um, let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our actual topics, and I'll actually preview them. I didn't do that because um, we got so excited about the Super Bowl and our podcast anniversary. But what we're talking about today on the podcast, first off, Nick Foles. He's going to be franchise tag. We're going to look at best landing spots for him in a trade. Then we're going to take a look. Ryan Tannehill will be no longer with the Dolphins. Um, what team should sign him this offseason? And then we're going to finish the podcast looking at an NFL draft. Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, they were in the Senior Bowl. Did they play themselves and help their stock into being first-round picks? But let's start with Nick Foles. And before we get into it, I will also forget this. I'll say right now, make sure to go on to iTunes and Apple Podcasts, rate the onside kick, Go ahead, rate us, and then rate all the MVP podcasts as well. Uh, I'll give another shout-out to Sung Hyun, who rated all, every single MVP podcast good, the other good week. One. But let's talk about Nick Foles. So he's going to get franchise tagged. The Eagles then will try to trade him. Apparently, from what I have seen from Adam Schefter, is that it is expected to be a third-round pick, which will be the asking price for Nick Foles, I will let you start. Sure. Who is the best landing spot for Nick Foles and should go ahead and offer up that third rounder to get him? Uh, the first one's incredibly obvious. It's Jacksonville. Exactly. That's Jacksonville Jaguars are, are exactly it. I mean, they've got a defense that's there. They were just in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game last year. 
Um, they've got a run game. They could improve with the wide receiver situation, which is uh, something that I think a guy like Nick Foles really needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got pretty much all the pieces that they need, except for those wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, give up that third rounder. Well, and the thing that's interesting about it, too, is because I tweeted right away and said mm-hmm. Jacksonville has the highest third round pick out of all the um, quarterback needy teams. Like how you look at it is Jacksonville has the 69th pick, um, which, by the way, if Big Dick Nick got traded for the 69th pick, that would be funny. But um, I mean, it, we don't need to get into the logistics. Yeah, but, exactly. But like, but I have some issues with the that. Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars. They're at 69. Um, the Giants don't even have a third-round pick. They forfeited yeah. theirs. Um, would have been 71st. Um, the Denver Broncos are at 72. Washington's at 77. Miami, although they're going to tank for next year, we'll just say it, they're at 79th overall. And the thing that I look at is, like, Jacksonville also has the Rams' third-round pick. So, like, if I am Jacksonville— mm-hmm. And let's just say, because I don't think it's going to end up being just, oh, here's one third rounder um, for Nick Foles. Even if they were able to only give up that third round pick, they would still have the 95th overall pick in the draft um, or in the third round and still have a third round chance to get a guy and get Nick Foles on their roster. Yeah, and it's just, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to put that out there. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's been very successful in the past, and you know, he unfortunately he had a rocky middle of his uh, his career because of Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you know Tom Go- Tom Coughlin is because he's supposed to be taking over more control of actual football things this mm-hmm. year. I would say he is probably better than uh, Jeff Fisher. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I think he can do a little bit better with Nick Foles. Than, than Fisher was able to. Mm-hmm. And they never really gave enough of a shot with Nick Foles before they were ready to move on. Um, and then he got bounced all over the place for a little bit. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team, and there's not very many of them out there that ever fall in this situation, that are one quarterback away. They're a quarterback away from being able to actually get back there, compete, get into a Super Bowl. Well, and it's it blows my mind because like you look two years ago, or two seasons now ago, mm-hmm. and the Jaguars were literally one P.I. call away from beating the Patriots and playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Yeah. And then just this past season of like, and I don't want to say we kind of called it, but we kind of called it, where it was like, you know what? Blake Bortles is hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no. He's in his in, yeah. in and out. I'm going to quote Katy Perry all day. But like, why and here's a question I think we should ask is is Nick Foles being overrated a little bit because of his playoff success? Well, they're asking for a third round pick. No, that's not overrating him. Mm-hmm. I think what they should have done, and I still stand by this, despite Carson Wentz getting injured, the Philadelphia Eagles should have traded him the day after the Super Bowl. You know, last year. Yeah, uh, which obviously. You couldn't, but like they should have went out there and said, "Who wants him? First round pick," mm-hmm. because somebody would have paid for it. He was a Super Bowl MVP, he still is, but he just won a Super Bowl against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. He was the hottest thing ever. 
goes out there now, and eh, you know what? He cooled off a little bit. The entire Eagles team cooled off a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you know what? He went into Chicago and beat one of the best defenses in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So that counts for something. So there's another team. And the reason why I'm going to bring up this team, too, is kind of like what you just said of, oh, no, they're offering a third round, or they're asking for a third-round pick. I think them asking for a third-round pick is a little, uh, to quote former President George W. Bush, a little strategery um, by them mm -hmm. where I don't think it's going to be a third-round pick that gets Nick they Foles. Want I think it'll be more. a second. And, That's fine. And the thing that I see is some teams will throw out, oh, well, the Giants, they got the highest second. They could just go out there, offer a second-rounder, and get them. I'm saying not so fast. I'm saying the team that could step in and create a bidding war with Jacksonville is the Washington Redskins. And the reason why I say Washington might be a better landing spot than Jacksonville, and that might be crazy just because of, like, Jacksonville. I would say it is crazy, Like, yes. Jacksonville has a defense in place. Mm -hmm. Another thing this past year that we didn't mention their wide receivers were decimated with injuries this year. Mm -hmm. Like, Marquise Lee going down, like, there were, before the season, you were even saying, like, who's Blake Bortles going to throw to? Yeah. Because um, of all the injuries they had. But I look at Washington, and I go, okay, let's just look at their situation. Yep. Alex Smith probably isn't going to play he's next done. year. Yeah, he or, should be done. Or ever. Um, the last picture we saw was the one I sent to the fantasy yeah. football uh, group the chat. Brace wearing the brace around his leg when he was at the Wizards game. Colt McCoy's probably done next year, too, because he broke his leg also. And also he's Colt McCoy. And also he's Colt McCoy. He's not going to be your starting quarterback. But, like, I look at what Washington and Jay Gruden were with a veteran quarterback. Going into that Texan game, they were 6-3. and three. They were not a bad football team. Yeah. Like, and they were know, good when they had Alex Smith. And I know... Some people would say, yeah, but Ricky, look at the wins. Arizona, which was a cakewalk. Um, Green Bay, which wasn't the same this year. Carolina was kind of down. Like, the Giants were kind of down. Tampa sucked. Really, the only tough win you could say was Dallas, but that was before Dallas even got turned Amari it Cooper. on this year and got Amari Cooper. Their losses were Indy, which that was pre-roll Indy. That was like the one. That was their one yeah. out of their five. Um, early in the year, they lose to the Saints, they lose to the Falcons. So, like, you can have that debate of, like, yeah, they won the games that they should have lost the ones mm -hmm. that they really needed to win. But I look at it, and if I'm Washington, what are you going to do? They need a decision, because we're going to probably talk about them a little bit in the last topic with Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. Do you go and throw your hat into the rookie quarterback kind of battle, or do you say, hey, Nick Foles is a third-round pick? Mm -hmm. Really for us, because we don't have the same kind of leverage that Jacksonville has, because ours is a 77th pick, theirs yeah. is a 69th, does Washington offer up the 46, create a bidding war here's with Jacksonville? Why, Go ahead. Here's why that doesn't matter, and I'm going to ruin it right now. Mm -hmm. The Washington Redskins are in the NFC East. Okay. So are the Eagles. Eagles are not going to trade a Super Bowl MVP quarterback to their division rival. Well, and squashed. To me, right I, there, it's done. Well, and to me, I look at it, and mm -hmm. 
I don't think so because the reason it's not going to you don't trade a Super Bowl MVP to your division rival that if, gets a GM fired. Well, here's the thing though: if the Eagles thought Nick Foles was that special, they'd keep him over Carson. Wentz. They do think he's special, but they have another quarterback that they think is specialer, mm-hmm. who's younger, mm-hmm. and. That will, I'm not going to be so ignorant to say that's Mm -hmm. not going to play into it. And in the end, that could be a reason why the Redskins wouldn't be it. But let's say, and this is the Eagles, this is how everything may play out. Yeah. Let's say the Redskins want it. Like, I feel like if the price is there, like if the Redskins offer enough, the Eagles might say, well, hey, this package is way better than Jacksonville. Let's go ahead and give this package. But it would have to be... It would have to be maybe a package that the Eagles would think they are swindling. The I, I, there's no Washington way you trade a Super Bowl MVP to a division rival. But let's be completely honest. Like Super mm-hmm. Bowl MVP, like he's not like this wasn't the same Nick Foles this year. They were willing to pay him extra money to keep him around. He is a Super Bowl MVP. You do not trade mm-hmm. a Super Bowl MVP to your division rival. I just I look at it and I go, that to me is almost irrelevant if you don't think that like if I'm the Eagles, it's not. It it's the optics on, of it. You can't let, do it. Let me ask you this then, because mm-hmm. to me this was what the Eagles would have to answer with Nick Foles on the Redskins. Do they make the playoffs? With Nick Foles on the Redskins? Yes. Would he be good enough an entire regular season to go ahead and help that team make the playoffs? Um, Because if not, not, trade him to the Redskins. What they were able to do with Alex Smith, I would say they could do the same thing with Nick Foles. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the reason, like, I Mm. wouldn't say the Redskins if I didn't think that he could help them get to the playoffs because I would be like, why trade that pick? But, I mean— this year is another one where in that regular season, the games that he played, they only lost one game. But I do get what you're saying. Like, and I didn't think about that, them being in the same division. Is there any other team? Like Miami obviously isn't going to because they've already said they're going to tank for Tua. And I feel like Nick Foles would win them too many games to get Tua Tunga Viola. But is there, do the Giants offer it up? Do the Broncos No, I wouldn't say the them? Giants, but I think the Broncos could do it. Um, there's still a big glittering hole for the our issue for the Broncos in mm-hmm. Case Keenum um, mm-hmm. for for that. But I do think that Nick Foles could be a nice little piece, just a nice veteran quarterback for a defensive coach who probably is going to want just a consistent, mm-hmm. not necessarily flashy offense. Uh, while he has a great defense out there. And I think that Nick Foles could do pretty well in Denver. The problem I have with Denver is it's going to always be, love you as a player, John, but do not like you as a GM. I just don't I just don't trust J- John Elway to make smart decisions. And the thing that I will, I'm taking this from NFL.com that's interesting about the Broncos, is um, what it says here is new Broncos coordinator, um, Rich um, Scangarello. Um, his background is in the Kyle Shanahan offense because he came from the 49ers. And that system is a cousin to the Andy Reid, Doug Peterson offenses mm-hmm. that Foles enjoyed and had his success with. Where yeah. the big thing with Philly was that 
the reason why Foles and Wentz look so different is, and this is all rumors, we're not going to get the, like, straight from the horse's mouth with Wentz or anything, but, like, Wentz apparently would go in and be like, nah, I ain't running those plays. Whereas Foles would be like, no, man, I'll run. Like, I, I'm, I'm the quarterback, I'm you're the coach. Yeah. I'm going to run your plays. I'm going to run yeah. your system. And that's why he had success. So, like, I look at that and I'm like, the thing is with the Broncos, and kind of we'll ask this question like I did with the Redskins, if Jacksonville goes, oh, here's the 69th, would the Broncos feel confident going, well, we have to offer more, all right, we'll throw the 41st. 41st pick in there and give up their second to get possible but you don't even necessarily have to do that you could do a third and a fourth Mm -hmm. or something like that or a third this year third next year Mm -hmm. there's different things you can do with it to to kind of get yourself more value um which the thing is is like a third and a fourth mm -hmm. the thing that and this is why to me i like we mentioned jackson first they're in the driver's seat they have the bat out of all of them except for maybe the giants in some rounds they have the advantage. They have the leverage. Assuming it's not a future pick. Yeah. Because you assume I'm, the Jacksonville Jaguars with Nick Foles yeah. next year will be but better than like, the Denver Broncos oh, with Nick Foles next Denver's year. Denver's offering us a third and a fourth. The Jaguars would go, all right, they're giving you the 107th yeah. on top of it. Here, we'll because, give you the 101. Because, I mean, if it's anything in the future, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars with Nick Foles, that's mm-hmm. a potential Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. Denver Broncos are potentially still the third worst. Because uh, that's a tough division. Yeah, third worst in their division. That's going to mm-hmm. be tough. Chiefs. Chargers right in front. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, the thing I will say about Jacksonville is, yes, potential Super Bowl team, but let's not forget what those Colts did this year. Yeah. Which, yet again, which Colts would we see the beginning I mean, we, of the, the year? The Texans are a really good team. True. There's a lot of True. good teams out there. But, I mean, especially like with the Broncos, if they get Nick Foles, no one's picking them over the Super Bowl favorite Chiefs for next year's Super Bowl already. The and MVP. I don't think anyone would pick them over the Chargers you as might, well. You might get a few people that do that. I mean, the Raiders, they're they're, they're pretty easy. I mean, what if the Ra- Ra- Raiders get Kyler the, Murray? Uh, That's a different story. Las Vegas <laughs> slash San Francisco Raiders. Are they moving? I thought it was after next season. Well, they're going to play in San Francisco next oh, okay. year. Okay, okay. They're playing in San in another Francisco, baseball stadium, and then they will move. Yeah, so um, they're currently to the Las Vegas, Oakland slash Las Vegas slash San Francisco Raiders. Well, isn't Oakland San Francisco like the same area? Not if you ask somebody from Oakland or San Francisco. True, they'll get well, very mad if you say that because it was like that's why like the Golden State Warriors. I know they are for sure moving mm-hmm. to a new stadium in San Francisco, but like the Oracle was in Oakland. Yeah. Instead of being the Oakland Warriors, but they're also the not being State. yeah they're not being called the San Francisco. Yeah, they're the Golden State Warriors. Still. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on this? The one thing I will throw out there that we didn't mention that mm-hmm. I will is anyone who miss. Well, actually, I'll throw this out. Who would you rather go after if you were a team? Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, Joe Flacco. Super Bowl. Uh, MVP Nick Foles mm-hmm. do you slash think, as good as Peyton Manning because they have the same record. Do you think Joe Flacco will be a lesser price than Nick Foles or yeah. about the same? Well, he's also older than True. Nick Foles is. So, yeah, Joe Flacco mm-hmm. should be a lesser pick. Um, it's a lot further than Joe Flacco winning a Super Bowl mm-hmm. than it was for Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, because, I mean, that's something that I think of. Is of course the age plays into it, but, like, 
I look at it too, where it's like, how many teams are going to go, you know what? Maybe I don't want to give up that third. Maybe I don't want, like, let's say the bidding war gets out there and Jacksonville goes, I don't want to give away my second. All right, let's change gears. Let's go after a Joe Flacco. And how is that going to, like, how is the Nick Foles thing going to affect Joe Flacco's market? How is it going to affect? wants to trade for Joe Flacco. Or even, like, the free agency market. Because, let's be honest, if I'm Jacksonville, let's say, for example, I'm going to sign a free agent quarterback. Once I sign that free agent quarterback, I'm probably not going to go and trade for Nick Foles. No, Because I'm already paying a guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, for me, if a trade's going to happen, it's got to happen before free agency um, with Nick Foles. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section, what's the best landing spot for Nick Foles? Who do you think he gets traded to? Will he even get traded? Or will the Eagles just end up having to eat it and hold on to him for this year? Which wouldn't be the worst of things, because if Carson Wentz goes down, they have Nick Foles that works very well. In their system, let let us know what you think down below in that comment section. But Mark, let's keep the conversation going about quarterbacks. And before we get into it, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast if you want to help support the channel. Last week, we had Shane on talking about the yep. Colts. Shane O'Mac. Um, Shane O'Mac. You can be like Shane if you join us at the $10 tier. That link down below in the description. But Mark, like I said, keeping the quarterback conversation going around and... Ryan Tannehill is cut, or is he, from the Miami Dolphins? And I know Dolphins fans from our NFL draft video we did about them is going to be like, see, I told you so. You were, you, you, you said he was going to be here. We told you he was going to be gone. Well, you know what? He's not gone yet because apparently I'm looking at an article from like an hour ago. Um, the Palm Beach Post um, newspaper in Miami, Dolphins new staff to evaluate Ryan Tannehill before team decides whether to move on from him. Yeah. I will ask you that before we even talk about which team should sign him. Yep. Should the Dolphins even get rid of him? I personally don't think they should because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that bad of a quarterback. I think he's just very average. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's an average one who has a lot of upside to him, although he's 30 years old, so that mm-hmm. upside is kind of gone. Uh, but anyways, it's just for the Dolphins, you're not going to win your division next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got some new coaching Brian staff. Flores can't come in and be Bill Belichick 2.0. Uh, I don't know. Ask me that, Patricia. <laughs> uh, you know, you're you're probably gonna start rebuilding sometime mm-hmm. in the next few years, uh, which is a shame because I I think that the Dolphins have done smart things. Uh, there's just what do you do? You get rid of him, and then who starts? Mm-hmm. Brock Osweiler. Exactly. Like you don't have good options. You're not gonna go and get yourself. You know Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. You're not going to trade for Nick Foles. You know you're you're probably not going to be the team that goes and gets one of those guys. So you draft a quarterback, I guess. But you're you're not in a prime spot to really draft one of these top guys. So you end up getting stuck with that next tier, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that the Giants or the Jaguars don't go ahead and and get themselves one of those top quarterbacks. Maybe they. You're fortunate, and they pass on one of them. But, yeah, I just don't see the Dolphins being in a very good situation. So if everybody thinks Ryan Tannehill's bad, you know what? Leave him. Let him play then. And what's funny is Brock, better draft pick. Brock Osweiler is a free agent, so they have to re-sign him. Which um, is probably pretty easy because who right, really wants Brock Osweiler? Right now, the quarterbacks that uh, they have under contract or 
going to be under contract still is the first one is Jake Rudock, the oh. old Michigan boy, um, entering his fourth year in the league, and then Washington State quarterback Luke Falk. Fun stuff. Those are the two behind Ryan Tannehill right now. And for me, I think the Dolphins situation is very interesting. Um, should they cut Ryan Tannehill? Depends. If you want to tank for Tua Tunga Viola, you cut Ryan Tannehill and make Luke Falk your starter. Just start a rookie. Because I, I know he's not a rookie because he was in the league last year, but he didn't play um, last year. Start him every single game. The only question is, and this is why I brought up the article about reevaluating um, with the new staff, is, is Brian Flores, a guy that's coming from the Patriots system, going to want to tank his first year in Miami? I find that very hard to believe, that he's going to come in and be like, yeah, it's okay, we're going to cut Ryan Tannehill, we're going to suck this year, so I can get to a tongue of Viola. I think he's going to come in with the it's really mindset. not a football thing to no, do. No, it's not. I feel like he's going to come in because of the mindset that he had from New England of like, no, we're going to try to win football games here. We're all going to do our jobs. Exactly. And like it brings up and this is the whole tanking debate in general. But I'll ask you what you think. Okay. It's kind of like what I've seen in like the comment section, whether it's NFL, whether it's um, in the NBA. How can you build up a culture for winning if you are going to start your tenure as a coach by losing? That's why you do what the Browns did and is get get yourself a nice scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Say we got Hugh Jackson. He's pretty terrible. We'll leave him around for a while. Let him suck. And hey, now we got a good mm -hmm. team for the next guy. Yeah. That's what you do. And plenty of teams actually, that's a joke, but plenty mm -hmm. of teams do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Chicago Bears did it with John Fox. They knew they weren't probably going to get anywhere with him. So let him go through the struggles. Then you go get your guy you want after you've already established yourself. That first year with John Fox, they probably thought they were going to go somewhere. Like the very first year. Sure, there was hope. Mm -hmm. And then it was, no, this isn't going well. We can get rid of him now or we can let him suck for a while. Let me see. John Fox. I think I, he went like 5-11 and 11 this first year. Because that first year, and I'm not saying this is a dig this time. Usually I am. That first year with Chicago... That wasn't the Marion Barbarian year. No, that was Lovey. I keep messing yeah, that, that up. That was a while ago. Um, that was Lovey. Um, but, uh, yeah, that first year kind of sucked. He was 6-10. and 10. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that first year also, Bear fans had hope because you're getting a coach that was 13-3, and 13-3, and 12-4 yeah. and four with Oh, Denver. I was excited to get John Fox um, at the time. But, like, then that 2016 year, 3-13. and 13. And then eleven and five, and you're like, about like enough is five enough. and eleven. Yeah, five and eleven. You're like enough is enough. Eleven and five, and we fired him. We got to get rid of. Hey, Lovey Smith got fired. Ever ten, and, ten six. and six. Um, so anything can happen. Couldn't beat but the Packers. Like, if Ryan Tannehill is a free agent, I will ask you this. Yep. Which team should sign him if he's a free agent and the Dolphins cut him? I mean, it's it's a tough kind of question to to answer because you got to really think mm -hmm. about what teams are. are kind of attempting to accomplish and where they think they are. This is another team who I had mentioned before, but I'm going to go back and say it again. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Denver Broncos are a team where it might work out. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, Ryan Tannehill to me is just a average quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's the kind of guy who's going to go out there and he's not going to necessarily be great and flashy, but you know what? He's not going to make terrible mistakes that probably lose you the game either. 
he's probably just going to be an all right kind of guy mm-hmm. who you can go ahead and let the defense be the shining star. Mm-hmm. Uh, problem, of course, with that, once again, being is there enough around him offensively to really let him succeed? I mean, that's kind of been one of the big problems in Miami, especially that Gase struggled with, was really getting the pieces to flourish at the same time that Tannehill was able to mm-hmm. flourish. Um, so that's kind of a unfortunate spot. I honestly kind of feel Ryan Tannehill is about to start a career as a journeyman quarterback. And that was the kind of thing I was going to hit on is Ryan Tannehill, what do you think he is in this offseason? Do you think he's because the question you have to ask is, is he a starter or is he a backup? Like, I think that's the question that teams are going to kind of ask. And I look at his stats from just last year alone, and I know he only played 11 games um, last year, but if you look at them, they're not like they're not bad. Just under 2,000 yards. He's got over a 60% completion percentage. He's almost to 65. He's at 64.2, really close to 64, but only one away from 65. And you look at his touchdowns to INTs every single year except for his rookie year. 24 and 17, 27 and 12, 24 and 12, 19 and 12, 17 and 9. He's not a guy that's going to turn over the football. And that's why for me, this could, like, Denver could work for him because Denver, because of their defense, they could be some, a team that goes, okay, we don't need our quarterback to be Tom Brady. We don't need our quarterback to be. Jared Goff, we just need our quarterback not to turn over the football. Yeah. Like, that's all we need. And for me, the kind of redundant team that I'm going to throw out there is a team I mentioned in the Nick Foles segment, the Washington Redskins. Because to me, out of all the quarterback needy teams, I'm starting to think that Washington is the only one that needs a veteran. They need a Joe Flacco. They need a Nick Foles. They need a Ryan Tannehill. They don't need a rookie quarterback. They need that guy like they had in Alex Smith, where it's like, hey, I can trust in this guy, and I don't have to coach him up. I don't have to kind of expect him to learn what the league is. Like a Lamar Jackson would not work with Washington like he kind of is in Baltimore, although we even see with him he made some mistakes because he is a rookie the other team I'm going to throw out there, and this is one that I saw that I saw it and at first I went, oh, no, you're you're silly for thinking about that. But the more I think about it, if he's not a starter, why not a team like the Bengals? Good. You didn't a take team, the team I want to say. A team where it's like, hey, you know what? I know Andy Dalton before this year had two straight seasons of 16 games, but he did get injured this last year. Why don't we go ahead, see if we can get Ryan Tannehill on a cheap contract? He could be the backup to Andy Dalton this year. And if Andy Dalton goes down, we have a veteran in Ryan Tannehill behind him, and our season is not going to go down the crapper like it did this year because, like with the Bengals, they were doing good. Andy Dalton goes down, and then they tank. The team, I think, following that line of thought that should grab him as a backup quarterback 
uh, is the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. They've got a young rookie. Just follow Gase. Yeah, follow Gase. He knows the system. He's mm-hmm. been in it for a while. Get him there. Let him coach up Darnold a little bit. Um, he'll be a backup. There's no question about mm-hmm. it. Darnold is the starter. Tannehill is going to just be a backup. I mean, they've got Josh McCown. I don't know if he's still on his contract or if he's done. He's the ultimate um, journeyman. He, which he is, and he's also one of those good mentor-type quarterbacks to be back there. Uh, well, yeah, because he's a gym teacher. Yeah. He's got that teaching experience. Oh, yeah, <laughs> gym teacher teaching, you know. Uh, but <sighs> he's just that guy who knows the offense already. He knows how Gase likes to run things. Josh McCown is work. not. They would have to resign him. So just go get Tannehill. <laughs> Why not? Man, Josh McCown is going to be 40. He's 39 right now. He's going to be 40 in twenty. You think he goes back to teaching when he's done? Hey, maybe. I or mean, he's just like, eh, I made enough money. I'm wasn't right. it the Bears? Didn't the Bears sign him right off of teaching? Yeah. Like, he was teaching, then went to the Bears, and then stayed in the league um, a little bit more. But, like, yeah, and, like, what do you think? Do you think that some team that's looking for a starting quarterback – is going to look for Tannehill, or is he going to be relegated The only team that does it is a team that drafts him, or sorry, that signs him and drafts somebody. Like, who signs him and then drafts Drew Locke. Okay. You know, a guy who can be a wait and see, Mm -hmm. or maybe he wins the job. We'll see what happens. You know, that's the only way I can see a team maybe going to start Ryan Tannehill. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to be at a point where people are just going to be ready to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Ryan Tannehill's had a couple of injured years, and he's also kind he hasn't of played um, a full season since 2015. Yeah, and he missed 2017 completely. Exactly, and he's just kind of not been able to impress enough. Mm-hmm. So I think teams are going to be ready to move on to the next thing. God, uh, it blows my mind because the stats aren't really like. Yes, there are some stats in 2018 that are lower than his like averages. Like, for example, yards per game. Um, but, like, you look at most of them and I go, he's not that bad. No, he's an average He's an average mm-hmm. to good quarterback. It's just that people aren't looking for average to good that often. Mm-hmm. They're looking for something better, something great. I mean, you, you think about some of those quarterbacks like Tyrod Taylor, who did really well in Buffalo and mm-hmm. now is a backup quarterback. Trevor Simeon had his opportunity to do well, and he did pretty well for the most part, and then it kind of started to fall apart, and people were like, all right, you're a backup now for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's it. it. You don't have that much of a leash in the NFL if you're a quarterback. Once people have decided, nope, you're done, you're done. No, and I'm like, i looking. Of course we've talked about the quarterback needy teams a lot, but like. And we're going to do it again probably pretty soon. I'll ask this question. I know that there was an article this week that apparently Cam Newton could be back for the start of training camp. If Carolina shuts down Cam Newton. they No, no they, Ryan Tannehill. Do they bring in Ryan Tannehill? No, I, I think if you're going to do that, you have to get someone who has somewhat of the same game mm-hmm. as Cam Newton. You can't go and get Ryan Tannehill a completely different if, player. If you shut down Ryan, uh, let's say they shut down Cam Newton. Do you even go to sign a veteran, or do you do the Indianapolis Colts route of, you know what, we're just going to play what we got, and if we get the first overall pick, that's great. I think you'd be more in, more inclined to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. you've, you're in a tough division. Just play what you got. Mm-hmm. Believe in the team. You've got a good defense. Your team is built to have a good defense and a good running game. Work with that. Because, like, I mean, the thing that <laughs> it's 
humorous, but like you look at the AFCs, Tom Brady's there. The Dolphins would obviously be cutting him. Josh Allen and Darnold. Then you look at the North: Lamar Jackson, Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield, Big Ben. Through every team's quarterbacks. Um, yeah, well, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, um, Blake Bortles slash free agent that they get um, with Jacksonville. They could even sign Ryan Tannehill, um, and then Mariota. The Raiders are interesting, but like, Der- I rather have Derek Carr than Ryan Tannehill. Like, the thing for even Tannehill, if you don't like Derek Carr, you can't say that. Ryan no, Tannehill dra- is an improvement. If I don't, if I'm the Raiders, if I don't like Derek Carr, I draft Kyler Murray, like, or I draft Dwayne Haskins. Like, mm-hmm. It's that easy. Um, the only team, like, how I see it, is the only team, mainly because, like, I see Jacksonville being the one that lands Nick Foles. The only team I see giving him a shot if they're going to for a starting role is Washington. And that's only because with me in Washington, like I said, they need a veteran guy to come in. But they may even say, well, we didn't get Nick Foles. Let's trade for Joe Flacco. Alex Smith, injured. Mm -hmm. Cole McCoy, injured. Ryan Tannehill, injured. It's just not worth it if you're Mm -hmm. the Washington Redskins. But, like, and that's the thing with, that's the rock and a hard place with them. They need to do something. They need to do something. At quarterback, and hey, maybe it's offering but they can't up get him. the best package. That's like, the problem. They need the guy like Nick Foles because Joe Flacco is mm-hmm. not going to be that much better than a Ryan Tannehill. And it's not impossible. It's very unlikely. They go to the draft. It's very unlikely. Yeah, they, they could. They have to. They've, I mean, they've got to do something in the draft, even if it is a Drew Locke or a Daniel Jones. I'll ask you this to kind of end it. When we get to next year, Ryan Tannehill, is he starting, benching, free agent? I'm gonna say he's riding the bench. Okay, Nick. I'm gonna say, but he's you almost you almost wanted to say he wouldn't get signed, right? No, I wanted okay. to say that he would start because mm-hmm. the rookie would be learning still. Okay, and it would have been a it would have been a rookie like a like a Drew Lock or something like that. I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say he is the starting quarterback of the Washington Redskins next year because I don't think I think that the Jaguars are gonna lock up um, Nick Foles. And I think that a team like the um, Broncos are going to go ahead and make a trade for Joe Flacco. Yeah. So I think that they're going to lose out on Flacco. They're going to lose out on Nick Foles. They're going to be panicking and have to do something. And that's why they go ahead and get Ryan Tannehill in free agency while maybe doing what you do and they're doing what you said and drafting a quarterback as well. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below. In that comment section, Dolphin fans, first off, I know what you guys are thinking, but I'm going to ask you the same thing. Should Brian Flores come in and go, hey, Ryan, you're done? Um, Or should he reevaluate him and say, no, you know what? I want to win. I ain't going to come in here and blatantly try to tank. No, you're going to be our quarterback. And then if he gets cut, where should, this is for everyone, where should Ryan Tannehill get signed and which team should go after him this offseason. And Mark, let's close out the podcast talking. We're still keeping the quarterback theme going, but now we're looking at some draft quarterbacks. And it's nice not to talk about Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray all the freaking time. But I am going to ask you. There's got to be somebody at some point. I am going to ask you a Kyler Murray uh, one to start this. But before I do, make sure to check us out on Twitter at the Mark Weber, at Ricky Widmer, and the Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. But, Mark, before we get into Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, 
we were talking about something before we hit the record button. Yep. And I just want to get your thought process here right. on the mics for everyone. We were kind of talking about Kyler Murray's interview on the Dan Patrick show. And how terrible and um, awkward it was. Yeah. How bad was it? And does he, like, will he get a, like, will this show him, hey, I need an NFL agent? It should. But the thing is, what agent really wants him? Mm-hmm. Because he, if if I'm an agent, there's no way I'm going to waste my time on you if you can't tell me you're actually going to play football. Exactly. Why should I waste my time and energy when and, I have other And clients? watching this, too, it was one of those things where if you're a GM... You can't draft him. Mm-hmm. You cannot. Uh, if we were doing a mock draft right now, he would not be in my first round because of this mm-hmm. interview. Uh, and that's not an overreaction. Well, I have kept him out because he hasn't committed. Yeah, I've put him in there because, I don't know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's there. Uh, he's there. He's there. If you, I mean, he's he's one of the better quarterbacks in the draft mm-hmm. if he goes. Uh, but it's just simply a, if you're watching this, he can't say yes or no to baseball or football. Mm-hmm. And he just stammers. He can't even think of something clever to say, which we don't – he doesn't have to be funny and clever. But if you can't think of anything to say, what are you going to do when that defensive lineman is coming in your face? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to think fast or are you going to sit there and just stare at Dan Patrick? Well, well we know uh, we know football-wise he's very quick on his feet. But, like, the thing is, like, that's the big thing that blew me away is you don't have some sort of – Some canned response? Per- yeah, like – some even if it's a BS answer that we all go like, oh, he's just dodging the question. At least you have something prepared. Yeah, you ha- like it's like um, it reminds me of like when in college they were preparing you for job interviews. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my teachers said, I can't remember what question it was, but oh, it was this. It's like they will ask you a stupid question like, what's the last book you read, just to see. If you can talk, like, mm-hmm. tell me about this random thing that has nothing to do. Which, to be fair, I've job. been on a lot of job interviews. Never once have been asked a question. Like I that. have gotten that question. Never quite been. A bit. What's never the last book it. you read, or uh, like something totally like non-related to the job, just to see? Weirdest like, if question you're I was ever asked was if I like dogs, but that was because there are dogs in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like for this, it's just you had to have something prepared mm-hmm. i mean he wasn't even willing to say yes he's going to report to spring training yeah and there's a team out oh, there that, that was, drafted you that that's was sitting there going you like, better report to spring he's like, training. oh you're going to spring training he goes eh. it's like wait you are going to spring training i'm like and that's where i was like double hands i'm like oh my god like the a's are not going to give you money now they're yeah. not going to up their deal now because you're not committing to them now. So I just want to ask you that. Just make up your mind, kid. That's all it comes down to. I, do, I think he should go play baseball, but that's just me. Um, the quarterbacks we are talking about today are Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. And the thing I wanted to ask you is, so both of them played in the Senior Bowl. Depending on who you ask and who you read, they either did good to help their draft stock they either did bad to not help their draft stock, and I believe it was Daniel Jones was the MVP of the Senior Bowl uh, two weeks ago. Both of them, through NFL analysts or draft analysts, have received first-round grades. I want to ask you, though, will Daniel Jones or Drew Locke be first-round picks this April? Daniel Jones from Duke, I'm going to say no. I don't think he Mm -hmm. will. Drew Locke has the potential to be a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. And part of it depends on Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is there in the draft. Mm 
and somebody drafts him, obviously Drew Locke probably is not going to go. Because we just talked about it in the last two segments. You've got Ryan Tannehill, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, and there's like four teams that need quarterbacks, maybe a fifth team, Mm -hmm. depending on how you want to look at it. So if two or three of those are starting quarterbacks, all right, that leaves us with one or two spots. Drew Locke, to me, is a guy who the combine and his pro day... Will help him immensely. If he does well, yes. Because... He's a gunslinger quarterback. We've seen recently some gunslinger quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. like Patrick Mahomes that we've really liked. And we've thought, huh, that looks pretty nice. It's been successful. I mean, we just had one who was the MVP of the league. Recency bias is going to set in for some of these. That's why everybody's trying to get somebody who's looked at Sean McVay before Mm -hmm. to coach their team. You're going to say, I want Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to go find a guy who maybe has some of the things Patrick Mahomes has. In this case, strong arm, kind of athletic, gunslinger. Mm-hmm. And that's what Drew Locke can have. Does he have issues like footwork? Yes. Does he have accuracy issues sometimes? Yeah, he does. But that's okay. Some of these teams, if he can go out there and sling it and he can improve a little bit of that accuracy and not miss too much in the combine and his pro day, he's a guy who can really kind of step his game up. And you look at some of those people who had that old line of thought, like a John Elway. Mm-hmm. The guy's a good size of a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. He, is, he is the size of a quarterback that you want. Well, and here's the thing I'm thinking is I like how you bring up John Elway um, because as you were kind of talking, as I'm listening to you talk, I've got on my computer just kind of playing is Drew Locke's film. Um, and arguably his best game was the game that Missouri played against the Purdue Boilermakers, where he had 375 yards, he had four touchdowns in that game in early September, mid-September. And the thing that's funny of why you say John Elway is when I look at the draft network, do you want to take a guess at who his player comparison is? If I John said, Elway? If I said the Broncos. Well, I, I think I know who it is, mm-hmm. Jay Cutler. No, but even worse than Jay Cutler. Who's that? Paxton Lynch. Oh. I, I, look, saw, I, I saw Jay Cutler. That's why I said I, I thought I knew the answer. I look at that and I go, ugh. Like, now, am I saying, like, that's 110% correct? No. I Drew Locke why is Why is anybody guy, comparing anybody to Paxton Lynch? And what it is is he's a guy where, much like Paxton Lynch, his best trait is his arm strength. He can freaking, like you said, he can freaking sling that deep ball. But his worst trait is his decision-making. And for me, the thing I also do not like about him is there are plays like the one that I'm watching now where it's like, okay, the feet look good. You've got the protection. You have it. But there are times where I look at his feet and I go, that's not going to work. Yeah, bad footwork. Um, And his mechanics are not totally there to where – I feel like, to me, and I'm talking on Drew Locke, and Daniel Jones I kind of feel like is the same and similar as well, is I feel like teams are going to be like, if you draft him in the first round, he has the potential to be that Paxton Lynch type player. Not saying exactly what Paxton Lynch was. Yeah, I'm just saying that first round pick to where it's like, so why isn't he starting? All right, why isn't he playing? Okay, why why isn't yep. he developing? That's like why he he's the kind of one who can go. Like I was saying mm-hmm. in the last segment, 
uh, with Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. so that way he's got the chance to just sit back and yes. learn, or a Joe Flacco sit back and learn for mm-hmm. a little bit, let the older guy take care of it. I'm still I'm still amazed that anybody would compare him to a quarterback that never played in the NFL. Yep. I think that's an unfair comparison. Well, I think it's more of the the comparison I feel is more of like the they are similar builds and mm-hmm. it was the you know, even though Missouri's in the SEC, it's not one of those top tier teams. Yeah. And plus Paxton Lynch was a quarterback, big arm, bad decision making. I just think if you don't play in the NFL, which is weird, you don't get I, to be compared. Which is weird because I liked Paxton Lynch coming out. Like I was, I nope. was like, man, he can develop into something, and then he got to he the NFL. He developed into a magician, and he was like, "Why, well, <laughs> yeah?" Because he disappeared. Um, and that's the thing where, like, I this is where both of them come in. Mm-hmm. I still think they're second rounders to me, and the reason why I say that is. I'm going to have an asterisk by it, but I'm going to say second rounders. And the reason why I say that the Dolphins are too high. I think 13's too high. I think 15's too high. That's the big issue. I think 10's too high. The only way I am taking Drew Locke is if I, or Daniel Jones, let's say you fall in love with Daniel Jones and you like it, is if the Patriot pick is coming up at 32 and I can make a trade with them in order to snag them and get that fifth round option. A Lamar Jackson, a... Teddy Bridgewater type of deal to where it's yeah. like, technically, I think you're a second rounder, but I want to snag you with that 30-second pick to it's get that fifth-round option. Uh, I, I also think that that's going to be an issue is that a lot of these quarterback-needed teams are too high. Mm-hmm. But as much as I think the first, second, third-round pick, like mm-hmm. those are picks you're not going to be able to trade because there's yeah. so many good talents in this draft. But, you know, like a 13 for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. A 10 for the Broncos, a 15 for the Redskins. You can maybe trade back with that one. Mm-hmm. You know, pick something else up and then go back a little further, get your Daniel Jones or your Drew Locke in the 20s or the 30s uh, or right above the 30. Um, but the the thing, too, for this is even though they get a first-round grade, mm-hmm. there are so many other defensive talents out here that you would probably rather have. That, sure, you can be rated as first-round. Let's be that honest. That doesn't mean you're not going to get drafted in the How second round. How many first-round grades have we seen fall to the second round, fall exactly. to the third round? And how many fourth-round grade guys have we seen, wow, man, if I was redrafting, I'd take them in the first exactly. round. Exactly, and it's just really like to you're me. you're telling me Russell Wilson wouldn't be a first-round pick looking back at it? Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks to me of, sure, you can be a first-round talent right now, but it doesn't mean you're being drafted here. There mm-hmm. are other guys that teams would rather have, and there's only going to probably be two quarterback, like two really quarterback-needy teams, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have teams like the Saints, like maybe the Patriots, uh, Steelers just kind of drafted someone, but they can maybe do it again. All these teams that need somebody in a year or two mm-hmm. don't need them right now uh, to where maybe that's where Daniel Jones gets picked up in the second or third round because, yeah, we well, could use a guy who can sit and learn for a little bit. The Patriots are not the Patriots. The Steelers are interesting because— They just did that. No, not just that. The— um, they are a team that they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. And if they're going to re-sign him and keep him on, I don't think they You draft. mean the Saints? Yeah, the Saints. Okay, you um, said the Steelers, I think. The Ste- I meant the Saints. So the Saints traded for Teddy Bridgewater. 
if they re-sign him, they're not going to draft a quarterback in the late first round. Of course, yeah. Um, the Steelers, though, I would not because you did it last year. You got Mason yeah. Rudolph. Like, yeah. Why? Like, and they're a unless team, you just don't like them. And they're a team too, where it's like you looked at it and it was like, all right, they had Landry Jones, who we thought was going to be the guy, Joshua Dobbs, which we thought, okay, maybe he's going to develop into the guy, and then they go Mason Rudolph. So that's telling me Landry Jones is the one that I think it was like so far away that it was like, all right. We thought they sometimes you just gone, draft a quarterback to exactly. draft a quarterback. Where Joshua Dobbs, I thought, all right, maybe they think they're going to develop it. It's like, all right, he's probably gone because they took Mason Rudolph. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's too. You just get a quarterback because he's higher. He's high enough on your board. Mm-hmm. Now you say, yeah, we'll take him. We'll develop him. Mm-hmm. Big Ben could get a car accident and never play again tomorrow. True. Uh, you don't really know. Or he develops really well. He becomes Jacoby Brissett. Or Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo, and you trade him and get some nice stuff for him. Now, here's the thing I'm going to ask you, because I'm looking at a scouting report here for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. And in this scouting report, this one is by, I'm going to give credit to Joe Marino. Um, he says, it was disappointing to not see more growth from Jones in year one to year two as a starter. In 23 more passing attempts as a sophomore, Jones' completion percentage dipped from 62.8 to 56.7 while throwing two less touchdowns and three more interceptions. Um, His passing yards fell from 236 to 207. If you are an NFL scout, if you aren't, let's even say an NFL coach, Mm -hmm. an owner, a GM, anyone in that war room, do you look at that and go, does that speak to what his progression may be? Like, are we going to draft yeah. him and it's going to be a struggle to get him to the level we want him well, at? Well, it might show you that he's already peaked mm-hmm. and it's all downhill from here. Uh, and that happens to plenty of quarterbacks that the best days they have are in college and then it goes downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you got to do your homework on that. You got to see, okay, well, what about the wide receivers? What are the changes there? What about the offensive line? Are there changes there? Mm-hmm. Did they place better defenses? You know, you got to do all your homework on this, of course. But it is concerning that you have a guy who goes and declines from year one to year two because that's all you've got. You've got one, two years, mm-hmm. and now you're going to draft this guy in the NFL. Um, and you're drafting a guy who I I get nervous about him. I mean, he he's got some arm strength, but he doesn't have the ability to really make that needle in the haystack kind of throw. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what Tom Brady just did with Rob Gronkowski, that Daniel Jones pass. will never do that for mm-hmm. you. He will never do that. So you sit there and you're like, okay, uh, interesting. He's not going to throw those wide receivers open. He's not going to beat defenses. So there's there's all these issues there where some of his talent, I mean, there's some nice stuff there, but there's these Big glittering red flags that make you say, maybe I'll take somebody else. And the one I'm looking at, I just paused for a second because as you were saying that, one of those examples kind of comes up where I'll explain it, where it's like three-step drop, and it's like three-step, I'm looking to throw, he's getting a receiver on a um, slant over the middle, and there's three defenders kind of triangling around the receiver what does he do? He kind of just airmails it right through where it's so quick, it's not directly on the mark, and then it falls incomplete. Where it's funny that you bring up that Tom Brady throw 
because although I kind of feel like it, eh, it might be a finesse, but I feel like you're going to, if you're picking between Jones and Drew Locke, Drew Locke would be the closest one to give you that type of throw. Definitely. Um, and develop into and it. he's got the mentality to go for it. It's just both of these quarterbacks, the thing that it is with them, and of course drafting is not 100%, like it's a little bit of luck into it. Mm-hmm. These are both quarterbacks that, A, I don't think start year one. B, it's all about not what you see now, but all right, what I'm seeing now, can I fix this? And yeah. can I develop him into what I mm-hmm. want him to be? And to me, Daniel Jones, I don't see probably ever playing a game in the NFL. Um, I really don't think he will. Now, the thing I will say mm-hmm. about him, his his height is good. Like a six five quarterback, sure. like he's got. Like usually, you want taller quarterbacks. However, you look at Drew Brees, and yeah. he just goes, "Yeah, Ricky." And a lot of teams right have here. drafted tall quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and it hasn't. And they haven't panned out. They haven't played it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But Drew Locke, to me, Daniel Jones, I don't see ever really playing anything. Drew Locke, to me, is that guy who I could see him being a Ryan Tannehill type of guy, a mm-hmm. R- Russell Wilson, wait before you yell at me, before, let me finish my comparison, uh, talking to type me of quarterback, talking to, talking to the world. Okay. Uh, let me let me finish before you get mad at me for calling him Russell Wilson. I'm like, I don't the, think I opened The my mouth guy mark. who goes out there, nobody expects him to play. He beats all the competition in mm-hmm. camp. And the excitement is there, so they let him play. For Russell Wilson, works out really well. You can win a Super Bowl. You can go to another one. For uh, for Ryan Tannehill, we're talking about what team's going to get him after he gets cut from his current team. So maybe that doesn't work out as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to me, he's one of those guys where if there's no like incumbent starter right now, he will probably win that job mm-hmm. and he will probably start early. Well, and the thing that anything I look at on Drew Locke, it's important to say that, like, obviously it's like, oh, his best trade is this. Oh, its worst trade is this. Everything I see so far, red flag, none. To where there's nothing that makes you go. For Drew Locke? He's a guy, yeah. That it's like, His footwork. It's like, well, oh, he's got a, like, yes, it's not great. He needs to work on it, but it's not a red flag. And, like, what I'm saying like that is the reason why I think I'm seeing a lot of none is that people are looking at it and going, yes, he needs to work on this, but it's not impossible. It's not like, oh, this is going to be a lost cause to get him to work on it. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is super important because if either of these guys are going to pan out in the NFL, it's going to come down to how coachable are they. Oh, for sure. Both these guys have things that need to be worked on, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and, and yeah, I just think, I just don't really see much of anything panning out for Daniel Jones. Maybe I'll be completely wrong on that one. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Daniel or that Daniel, that Drew Locke is going to be anything special in the NFL. He just is more likely, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got less things to work on. He's got more fixable things. Like, you know, the guy stares down his receivers. Okay. A lot of quarterbacks coming out of the coming out of college do that. Yeah, because you can col- work on it. Because in college, it's not they're not really going through progressions. Yeah, it's really just of like this is the play. There's a receiver. Where we there's go. a receiver. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, like this is where it's going to be. I'm going to go to that. So I, I think that Drew Locke could maybe go in the first round to mm-hmm. answer the original question. Um, I still am not convinced about either one of them going though. Well, and the thing too that throws into it, and this is the last thing I'll throw in right at the end that makes this 
To me, this is not a quarterback class that we had last year. However, the thing that makes this quarterback class even more difficult than last year is we might not have a ton of first-round picks, but we might have a lot of second-and-beyond picks to where, like, two guys that we didn't mention that I'll throw out there, Will Greer, a guy that Brandon really likes, that coming also from one of those um, kind of spread offenses in the Big 12 where he can sling it, but his mechanics aren't the best. I mentioned how he's got a little bit of a Tim Tebow act, act thing going on where he does a little circular motion. Like when Brandon and I talked about him, I said, if I'm an NFL safety, if I'm in an NFL corner, basically if I'm Stephen Gilmore in the Super Bowl, yeah. I see him cock that arm back and I'm looking, licking my chops like a dog looking at that steak because I'm going to pick it off nine times out of ten. And the other one is Jarrett Stidham. He's another guy that had a good week at the Senior Bowl. And those are two guys that could be drafted after Locke, after Daniel Jones, and can still pan out but Mm -hmm. not be first-round guys. And that's why this year we have quarterbacks. It's just vastly Last year it was, here's our five. They're all going to go in the first round. Where this year it's, well, you know, these two will be first-round picks probably. Kyler Murphy ever shits or get off the pot. But that's like the other one. It's like, all right, they're not terrible. Yep. It's just where in this draft. But then are they the theory, go? of course, becomes that next year we're supposed to have even more quarterbacks. So some of these guys mm-hmm. that go in a second, third, fourth round might get forgotten about if that mm-hmm. team's bad again and they just take another quarterback. Exactly. Like I, if any of these guys go to Miami, good luck because Tua might be there next year. And if Miami does get, I'm not saying like for sure they're going to. If Miami gets Tua next year, I don't care who they draft this year. Tua Tunga Viola is going to be the starter of that Miami, basically of any team that takes him we'll see at number one. We, like he, if he is we the got number next one year pick, to go. like, and that's the thing where we do have next year to go. We have the other year to go for even Trevor Lawrence. Like after that Clemson Alabama game. Everyone was all over, like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the 2021 draft because I can't wait to see what Trevor Lawrence can mm-hmm. do in the NFL. So, I mean, People we got a lot to go for this. Any final thoughts on these quarterbacks before we uh, close out the podcast? Final thoughts. People need to be patient. <laughs> People just need to be patient. But just to give you guys a little update on our NFL kind of draft schedule here for MVP this week. Be on the lookout for our um, primetime podcast, our big board. Brandon and I will be recording that tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, So look out for that big board number three for the NFL draft. Our next mock draft, Mark, our order is solidified. That's the word that I was trying to say out of my mouth. We'll We'll be recording that on the 19th of February. So in two weeks, we'll be recording our 4.0 mock draft, and that'll be fun because that'll be right around, if I'm not mistaken, that's right around where players are going to be franchise tags. So hopefully we get a ton of tags on that day that kind of just go out and we can kind of use that to where guys are going to go. But let us know what you guys think about Drew Locke, about Daniel Jones, even about like a Will Greer or Jared Stidham, basically anyone besides Kyler Murray, besides Dwayne Haskins, because it's kind of clear they are the two top dogs in this quarterback race let us know what you think about them down below also make sure like i've mentioned before 
Please support us on patreon.com backslash most podcast. The only way we can continue doing what we do each and every week for you guys is the support that we get from our patrons. I want to thank every single one of them for supporting us. $10 tier. You get to join a podcast each and every month. You are at that tier. You can also check us out on Twitter at the Mark Weber at Ricky Widmer at most valuable pod, and make sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, please give us that five-star rating. I want to thank you guys for watching us on YouTube. I want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.